I'm Catherine Tomlinson and I started an eco-conscious pottery company called Oxford Clay. So I don't just make pottery, I make resources for other potters wanting to be more eco-friendly in their pottery practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about sharing everything I've learned along my eco-conscious pottery journey with you. And I'm so glad you're here with me. Let's go. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. I'm Catherine Tomlinson and in today's episode we're going to be talking about clay body, clay bodies. (laughs) And what on earth is a clay body and um, what's everyone talking about? When you hear the term clay body in pottery and ceramics, what does it mean? Um, So that's what this episode is all about. Um, We're going to be investigating a little bit about like what clay is actually made of um, and also whether you, you know, if you wanted to try and make your own clay body, how you would go about doing it. Um, Okay, so first of all, Um, what is a clay body? Okay, so um, this is a term that you see often used in pottery books, um, or you know, you might have heard it spoken, but I've mainly seen it in books to describe clay. Okay, so clay body and clay are the same thing. So when you see the term clay body, just think, oh, they're talking about clay. And to be honest, I'm not really sure why it's referred to as a clay body. Perhaps maybe because, you know, if you think about your pot kind of like as the body of the work, and then like, you know, you're laying maybe some decoration or a glaze on top. Um, that yeah that's what I thought maybe it could be referred to that's the reason I thought maybe it's referred to as the clay body but um, yeah so generally it's a kind of technical term which um, refers to clay in pottery Um, okay so clay bodies clay are in the pottery industry they're mostly made by companies so there'll be like pottery companies that make clays like different types of clay um and also some potters will make their own clay bodies um so in, in a bit we'll go into like you know why a potter would do that and like you know how they would do that basically Um, So yeah, so clay bodies, clays, mostly made by companies, so various, there's lots of, you know, in the UK, for example, there's sort of maybe like, you know, six companies, main companies that would make clay that are, you know, commercially available clays. And what they are is there are are mixes of different ingredients um, and they're collected together by um, these suppliers. They're collected together usually as powders and then they're mixed um, to give kind of ideal um, properties for different things. So what they will do is they will maybe, you know, make um, a clay which is a stoneware clay or a clay that's like an earthenware clay. They'll maybe have like a red earthenware clay um, which will have lots of iron in, you know, naturally occurring iron that will make the clay red. Or they will have maybe like a white stone, um, a white earthenware clay. Um, so um, done a completely different episode actually on earthenware and stoneware and the difference between them. 
Um, if you're interested to know more about that, um, there's another uh, podcast episode on it. And it's basically just to do with the firing temperature of each one and the maximum firing temperature. So different um, ingredients will have different um, temperatures that they can fire at. And so, you know, if it's a lower firing clay and um, it starts to melt at higher temperatures, then that will be an earthenware clay and it can be red or white, um, like, you know, <laughs> other shades in between, kind of brownie. Um, and then, you know, there'll be a whole collection of stoneware clays as well. So they will fire, you know, generally they'll fire like higher, could be like a porcelain clay as well. Um, and they will fire like higher again so um so that's what clay that's what the pottery suppliers do um, they collect the ingredients together and they're making those clays for specific uses so it could be um throwing it could be hand building um so you know you want might want a clay which has got a lot of strength for hand building you might want a clay which is very smooth for throwing so it doesn't sort of hurt your hands as you're throwing the pot um it, you might want a very thin clay, you know, a very sort of translucent porcelain clay, a very fine clay, or you might want like a more plastic clay. So um, these ingredients, clay ingredients, are collected together by those pottery suppliers. They're mixed together and they're made into different types of clay body. Um, okay, so what are the ingredients that are used by pottery suppliers um, or, you know, potters to make to make clay bodies out of? So um, I have to say, this was something that really surprised me. When I first started um, making pottery, I thought it was like, I don't know, I guess I just thought clay was like dug up from the ground and then like potters just used it. But actually that's not the case. Um, you know, clay is one ingredient in clay bodies, <laughs> in clay, but um, there are loads of other ingredients that are added too to make that clay into the exact kind of like behave in the way that uh, potters want it to behave in or, you know, give the right colour or give, like, give the right properties. Um, okay, so some of the ingredients are powdered rocks. So they will be rocks like feldspar, could be quartz, could be flint or talc. Um, um, another ingredient that's added to clays is obviously clay itself. So they could be ball clays. There's lots of different types of ball clays depending on where they're like found in the world. And different ones will have like different um, kind of min mineral and trace metal uh, compositions. So for example, more some of them have a higher iron content and they're, they're colored according to that um, because they've got iron in them. And some of them, um, you know, more plastic, less plastic, you know, when, when water's added to them. So generally these will be like dry powdered ingredients um, and they're, they're mixed together at the powdered stage. So other ingredients could be, for example, um, animal bone ash. So that's added, that's, um, that's usually from uh, bovine or um, pig bones, and that's there uh, basically baked and then ground into a powder. So some potters use those, like I, I don't use them, but some potters would use them maybe to make like a bone china um, clay. Um, so yeah, bone ash is sometimes added to clays to make, uh, yeah, bone china, a ratio of about 50% bone to other ingredients. Um, and then there could be other ingredients that are used to kind of strengthen clay. So that could be, um, it could be this, uh, a substance known as grog, which is when, um, 
clay is actually fired and then it's ground into a powder. So it's already been fired, ground into a powder, like bisque wired, and then it's um, then added back into, into clay, into like wet clay, and that just really adds strength to the clay. Um, other things that could be added are sand and also grit. So um, generally those um, ingredients are added to clays that, uh, that where you need the clay to be very strong, say like you're building like a big sort of hand-built sculpture. Um, there's a clay, there's a commercially available clay called Crank, which has got a lot of grit in it. And that's really good for like sculpting because it's very, very strong. Um, you know, it stays where you want it to, you know, it stays where you want it to stay, you know, when you're actually, when you're sculpting. Um, yeah, rather than kind of like being, you know, like a, a very sort of plastic clay might sort of flop if you were trying to kind of make something out of it, it might all just like collapse sort of thing. Um, yeah, okay, so that those are the ingredients that are generally used in clay bodies. Um, and like I said, um, commercial companies, clay, you know, producing suppliers, pottery suppliers, will take those ingredients at different ratios and they will make um, different clays depending on the use that potters need them for. Okay, so, um, so, so let's move on to like making your own clay body. So why on earth would a potter make their own clay body? You know, because it's quite, it's quite a kind of um, labor intensive process. You basically have to get all the ingredients together in the right ratios. So generally they'll be all like powders. You have to add water, enough water to be able to mix up the clay and to kind of to mix all the ingredients together. And then you usually have to dry it out again because, um, you know, you can't really use like wet, you know, really wet clay. So you would need to then like dry it out again and then you would need to wedge it or knead it, you know, into a kind of usable state to make sure all those ingredients are like really mixed together, like really, really well. So, yeah, then quite often, actually, as an industrial process, they're passed, um, clay bodies would be passed through some kind of like, you know, shaper or comp compressor. So a machine like that is known as a pug mill in a kind of studio pottery. You can get um, machines called pug mills and you basically put the clay in at the top and then it's like squashed out, you know, into a kind of usable state at the bottom. And it kind of all just helps to kind of like get all those, you know, clay molecules, squash them all together. And then it, it helps the clay to be in like a nice, yeah, usable state that then you can just like chop up, wedge and use um, in your pottery. So yeah, what a palaver. <laughs> why would anyone do that? So um, there's three reasons why potters would make their own clay bodies. Um, so just to say, not that many potters make their own clay bodies. Um, you know, generally potters would just use commercial clay, you know, from those big bags, from pottery suppliers, they would just order the clay in and they would use it. You know, it's very convenient. They're wrapped in plastic bags and you can just like take a bit off that you need, wrap it up, put it back again. But um, yeah, so there are three reasons though why potters might make their own clay body. Um, okay, so the first reason is that they might want um, the clay to have very specific properties. So, um, for example, they might want it to be like we were talking about in terms of strength. They might need a really, really strong clay. They might want it to be like really rough. So they might like want to add like extra grit, extra grog to that clay. Um, they might want it to be, um, they might want a very sort of translucent clay. So they might want it to, they might say like want a porcelain and then they want to maybe like add some paper to it to make it like super strong um, that then, you know, burns out at the bisque firing stage. And then they're left with like this really 
thin piece of like really translucent clay. Um, I've seen actually potters um, sculpting with really translucent clay and then they can kind of like shine a light through it, you know, to make lamps and stuff. And it's so beautiful. So like, um, you know, it could just be that like they need to create special clay for their own purposes. Um, so that's one option. The properties of the clay, they could be wanting to get like specific properties. Um, okay, so the second reason that potters would create their own clay body is that um, they might want um, a specific kind of like color or look to the clay. So, um, so clay properties is one reason, but you know they may they they might want a clay which is like. Um, for example, like very, very white for porcelain, or they might want a clay which is like very, very red with like lots of iron in it, or um, they might want, yeah, they might want to be adding, you know, extra colour to that clay. Um, so um, I've got like an example of this, actually. I went, I went to um, the uh, ceramics fair, um, the Oxford ceramics fair, went a few years ago, um, and I was talking to a potter who actually makes like very beautiful thin porcelain uh, pots on the wheel, like throws them on the wheel. Um, and I was sort of talking, I was like, I really loved like hearing about like, you know, other potters, like their process. And so I was like, so asking like, you know, what's your making process and how do you, how do you do this and that? And, um, and they were basically, they told me that the clay they use, they have to ship it in spe specifically from a specific area of the world where they feel like the porcelain is like the right color for them to make their work. So they said they tried other porcelains from, you know, other areas of the world. And then they decided on, you know, this very specific um, porcelain for its colour. Um, so that, you know, that could be, that could be one reason, like potters, um, they want, basically, they want a very specific, like, aesthetic to their work, and they can only get that by, like, collecting those ingredients together. They can't buy it commercially, basically. They, they're trying to make too specialist a product to be able to, like, just buy that clay off the shelf. Um, yeah, so that's the second reason. And then the third reason, and this is the reason that I started making my own clay, um, because yeah, why would anyone do that? Like otherwise, um, is because, um, I wanted to know exactly where all the ingredients in my clay came from. So, um, yeah, I wanted to have like absolute control over like what I was putting in the clay and where it came from. And I wanted to know exactly the origin of all the ingredients I was using. So what I do is I actually make my own slip, my own casting slip. And um, so I use um, I use like several different ingredients. I use um, I use uh, China clay from Cornwall in the UK. And I use ball clays also from Southwest England in the UK. And I use um, felspar and quartz from Europe, um, from you know different parts of Europe. Um, and the reason I've picked all those ingredients is because I want to know that they are mined in areas where, you know, I've sort of researched in terms of like, um, the legislation, you know, is legislation protecting like workers that are mining or maybe processing the material and, um, you know, is it protecting the environment? 
um, as far as possible where you know the materials are mined from so that's why I like chose those particular ingredients I also didn't want them to come from like too far away so um, you know like there was um, in terms of like say for example the china clay I use it in my um, in my slip um, I could have picked a china clay mined uh, you know far away from the UK or I could pick one mined from Cornwall in the in the UK so it's Egg, which is mined in Cornwall so it's like I know that that clay has come that china clay has come less far than like another material that might have come you know from further afield sort of thing so that's the reason I make my own clay because like you can buy slip commercially um, casting slip you know absolutely but I just really wanted to know exactly what was in my casting slip um, so actually if you're interested in the car in the exact casting slip recipe um, that I use it's in um, it's in the book eco-friendly pottery 30 simple ways to make your pottery practice more ethical and sustainable so you can get that from Amazon or the Oxford clay website as well um, and yeah that's got the the car the exact casting slip recipe in and um yeah also add paper actually to that to that recipe and that makes it really really strong and it doesn't crack and it's amazing so um so yeah so that's if you wanted a casting slip recipe it's in there and if you wanted you know just to use that basically as a clay you know if you wanted to maybe throw on the wheel with it you can use exactly the same recipe that's in that book um you know with the with the china clay feldspar quartz and ball clays you can use that exact same recipe you just don't put any what's called a deflocculant in it so the deflocculant is the crucial thing which makes the clay like really really runny it's like a chemical that you add um, and that again that, you know that exact the recipe is in the book but you would just leave out the deflocculant and then you would have you know your clay wouldn't be wouldn't be as runny and you could just kind of like you know you would still need to add a bit more water to kind of get it to the consistency where it all would mix together but then you could dry it out and you could wedge it and just use it as clay um, the clay body <laughs> so um, I actually do that so when I've when I've um, finished casting and I've got all these like little scraps you know of clay I basically reclaim them in a reclaiming bin and then I actually don't use that clay for casting slip anymore I actually use that clay for throwing so that's when I so I wedge it all up together and I use that clay for throwing as a kind of normal clay body so it's exactly the same ingredients it's just that it's um you know it can't really be used as casting slip anymore um the deflocculant is kind of like degraded to the point where it's it's not you know runny clay anymore it's kind of dried it's not really going to work as casting slip so i just like wedge it all together and then it's like an actual just normal clay body that i can use um yeah okay so those are the reasons why uh someone a potter may want to make their own clay body so do you need to make your own clay body? No, absolutely not. You know, like I said, if, if, you, if you don't need to make your own clay body for those, you know, three reasons or you don't want to, you're just like, you know, happy using like commercial clay, absolutely, absolutely do that. You know, it's way less bother way less labor like, like le way less work than you know um than making your own clay um and like you know there's loads of commercial clays out there and uh you know for fantastic clays for all different purposes like i said specially blended um for specific purposes stoneware earthenware different colors you know throwing clay hand building clay oh it's yeah there's so much out there so um yeah you absolutely do not need to be making your own clay body um yeah but if you want to then you absolutely can so 
yeah happy potting <laughs> until next episode um yeah i hope that was like interesting like i said i've always been super confused about what a clay body was um you know why people were calling it clay body when it was just clay it was um it was really confusing but now you know <laughs> i hope i hope that's like you know become clearer to you it's definitely become clearer to me as i've kind of been doing pottery a bit longer and um now i understand that clay and clay body is exactly the same thing um yeah okay so happy potting until next time and thank you so much for joining me on this episode goodbye so if you enjoyed that and you're interested to learn more about eco-conscious pottery head over to the oxford clay website which is www.oxfordclay.co.uk i can't wait to see you there